Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned to this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus, our weekly Bible study right here on our website. Here we are in the Christmas season, and I'm telling you, right here in Tampa, Florida, where this broadcast originates, uh, the traffic is getting thicker. Uh, people are getting a sense of, uh, you know, I got to get what I got to get while the getting's good. Amen. And then there's a, you can, you can see stress building over this Christmas season. I would like to have both the peace and the love and the joy and the real power of Christmas in my life uh, through the Holy Spirit. And and when He comes, the Holy Spirit, He will testify of me, Jesus said. He points to Jesus. He doesn't speak of Himself. He speaks of Christ. Hallelujah. So we're going to be talking about something to help us to focus on the person of Christmas uh, that will give us the love and the peace and the joy of Christmas. We're going to talk about a literally unwrapping the indescribable gift. Unwrapping the indescribable gift. I hope it intrigues you to hear this message from the Word of God today. If you have your Bible, please turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15. Unwrapping the indescribable gift. 2 Corinthians 9.15, the Apostle Paul writes, Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. In the Greek, that word unspeakable is indescribable. It means there's no words in the human vocabulary uh, to adequately or even attempt to describe the value and the worth of the gift of Jesus Christ to us. Amen. The great apostle Paul, whom God allowed to write 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament, was at a loss for words to describe the value of the gift of God's own Son. (laughs) Listen, friend. If he can't describe that, this, this, this person who, he said my words are, 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 are not weighty. I, I, I don't speak well, uh, in terms of, of eloquently speaking, but he said my letters are weighty. He could write down what God was showing him and telling him by revelation. And so he, he, he literally said, when I speak, I can't speak so eloquently, but when I write, you see, holy men wrote the scriptures when they were moved upon by the Holy Spirit. So what is the indescribable gift? I'm going to begin by declaring today that Jesus, God's gift of love in and through the person of Jesus Christ, is the indescribable gift. The supreme message of Christmas is that God loved the world so much that He gave His only begotten Son to save us. Not to lay in a manger, not to stay in the manger, but begin with the manger on His journey to the cross. And upon that cross to demonstrate God's love in a way that the world and the universe and even the heavens have never known the kind and quality of love that was represented when God so loved 
that he gave his only begotten son. Somebody said it this way. This is Christmas, not the tinsel, not the giving and receiving, not even the carols, but the humble heart that receives anew the wondrous gift of the Christ. Hallelujah. You see, friend, God's love in Jesus is indescribable. Love that passes knowledge. According to Ephesians three fourteen through 19, listen to it carefully. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant unto you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. If it passes knowledge, then we, we, we don't know how to describe it. It's beyond knowledge. It's beyond, well, you know, they put it in terms today. I, I just can't wrap my head around that. I can't wrap my mind around that. I can't fully comprehend that. But here he said he wanted us to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, and depth, and height. And remember, this is descriptive of the love of God manifest in and through Jesus Christ. To know the love that passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. I like the paraphrase. I want to read it to you today. By the way, you can only know this kind of love by the revelation of the Holy Spirit and the realization of it when it is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit in our personal life. We can begin to comprehend the infinite love of God, but only through the one who can communicate it to us, and that is the Holy Spirit. Listen to the, the paraphrase. I like this paraphrase. I don't, I don't study from paraphrases, but if it helps me study the Word, I like to put it in practical terms. I had a, a minister friend the other day said, you know, I, I don't particularly care to be talked to with, with $50 words when a, when a 50 cent word will say the same thing. Amen. So we're not here to show off our intelligence, our vocabulary. We're here to ask the Holy Spirit to show us clearly in the Word of God, this person who has loved us with this kind of love. Let me read this from the paraphrase. When I think of the wisdom and scope of God's plan, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will give unto you mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And may you have the power to understand, as with all God's people should, as all God's people should. You see, this revelation 
of the love of God and, and the God of love. <laughs> Amen. And this realization of that love in our life is not for the spiritually elite. It's for every one of us as children of God. As with all of God's people, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love really is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it be so great you will never fully understand it. (laughs) Then you will be filled with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. You know, I'm Pentecostal background. I'm Pentecostal. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But, but I, I always, when I see the fill with the fullness of God, I just think of being filled with the Holy Spirit. He's saying here that until you begin to comprehend with all saints what is the length, breadth, depth, and height, and to know the love, not just by revelation, but by realization of it as well. We're still pursuing the full revelation, trying to get our mind wrapped around it. Amen. But it's a love that passes knowledge. But we can experience that that we cannot fully comprehend and understand. And know the love. For the love of God is Shed abroad in our hearts, the scriptures declare, by the Holy Spirit. Praise God. This is the work of God. It is supernatural. Amen. It's not just something we give mental consent or mental assent to. It's something we experience in and through the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our best illustration to help us begin to grasp the enormity of God's love is in the cross, in the cross itself. Oswald Chambers wrote, In the cross we may see dimensions of divine love. The cross is not the cross of a man, but an exhibition of the heart of God. At the back of the wall of the world stands God with His arms outstretched. And every man driven there is driven into the arms of God. The cross of Jesus is the supreme evidence of God's love. I like that. This gift represents, you see, the unsurpassable, unconditional love of God. It is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. Now, when I say unconditional, I don't mean that you can receive the benefit and blessing of that love by never receiving Christ as your Savior and beginning to take up your cross and follow Him as your Lord. Listen, friend, that's not how this works. (laughs) You can't receive the benefit and blessing of that love as long as we're not reconciled to God by receiving Christ as our Savior. But the moment we receive Jesus as our Savior, repenting of our sins, confessing Him as our Lord, bowing to no other, then we qualify for the love of God. We literally begin to unwrap this gift. Hallelujah. Praise God. So it represents the unsurpassable, unconditional, while we were yet sinners, you see, while we were yet sinners, God commended His love to us. The Scriptures teach in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's unconditional love. 
If it was conditioned on some kind of merit on our part, Jesus would have never come. He would have never hung on that cross. God would have never sent him on that mission to save us. But God did send him. And Christmas is a time for Christians to begin once again to examine this indescribable gift of love to us in and through Jesus and what he's done for us at the cross. So this is unsurpassable, unconditional love. It is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. It is personified in Jesus Christ and it is consummated at the cross. The Apostle Paul used the truth of God's love gift to encourage us to trust Him for everything that we need. It's a very, it's, although this is a a mystery of mysteries and it's, it is wonder beyond wonder, it is practical in the result of it when we begin to receive it by faith. The Apostle Paul used this truth to encourage you and me today facing whatever we face that we might have faith that God is going to respond to us when we look to Him and trust in Him. Romans 8 and verse 32. Listen carefully. He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all. Now you see, this is not the manger. The manger is the first step of the journey to the cross. It is important in that respect But it is the cross that he came to hang on to accomplish God's forgiveness, God's pardon, God's salvation to us. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up, gave him up to die, you see, in our behalf for us all. How shall he not with him freely give us all things? Friend, if God loved us enough, and he did, to give us his son, to die in our place on the cross. What good thing, what good thing would God withhold from us when He's given us the very best that He could possibly ever give us? We're not serving a (laughs) tight-fisted, stingy God. We are, and we don't pray to try to pry something out of His tight-fisted hand. Amen. No, I like what the psalmist said in the Old Covenant. He said, Thou openest thine hand, O God, and supply the need of every living thing. That's why Jesus said, Consider the lilies of the field. They don't toil or spin. Amen. But Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed as one of these. Amen. If God so clothed the lilies of the field, how will he not clothe you, O ye of little faith? How how shall he not freely respond to us and our needs if he clothes the lilies of the field? Amen. Jesus said it this way, there's not a sparrow, the least least most inexpensive thing that you can buy in the marketplace the least expensive or or important was the sparrow and yet not one falls from the air without your father listen and you are worth more than many sparrows praise god amen 
Praise God. I, I just want to stop and, and tell you something that's on my heart right now about this, this time of year. Thanksgiving to me has not ended. Oh yeah, the, yeah, you, you may have turkey again and pumpkin pie and yeah, Christmas, but I, I'm not talking about the Thanksgiving meal per se. I, <laughs> I, I, if you ate turkey all year, you'd get tired of turkey. But if you give gratitude to God for His unspeakable gift, you will never get tired of thanking him, he will never get tired of blessing you for being thankful. I believe Thanksgiving is part and parcel of Christmas. Let's thank God, Paul said. Let's thank God for the unspeakable, indescribable gift. Praise the Lord. You see, Jesus came to the manger so that he could go to the cross to take our place, to pay our sin dead and pay the penalty for our sin. I like what someone has said. Said, let us remember that the Christian heart is a giving heart, a wide open heart that thinks of others first. The birth of the baby Jesus meant the pouring into a sick world of the healing medicine of love which has transformed all manner of hearts for over 2,000 years. Underneath all the bulging bundles in this beating Christmas heart. Hallelujah. Praise God. God's love is love that passes knowledge. And God's peace is indescribable. It is a peace that passes understanding. Listen to Philippians. See, we're unwrapping and we are unraveling. (laughs) Amen. We're unpacking this gift of God's love in Jesus Christ. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, be careful. And there's a practical application. This is not understanding a mystery for the sake of understanding the mystery. This is understanding the mystery so we can practically apply our, our faith in God as a result of what he has shown us and done for us in and through Jesus Christ. Listen to Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be careful for nothing. That means don't worry about anything. What? Somebody said, don't worry about... Have you read the... Well, there are not many newspapers anymore. Have you read the news? Have you heard the news? Do you understand what's going on? Yes, I do. Do, do, do. Are you experiencing in your life the crisis that I'm experiencing in my life? I, I'm not at the present time, I doubt, but I've been through many crises down through the years. And it tells me, be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Listen. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. See, thanksgiving never stops. It never ends. At the turkey and the pumpkin pie, yes, not every day. But thanking God for the unspeakable gift never ends. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds. You see, when you give it to God by faith. That's why Jesus said men ought always to pray and not to faint. Praise God. He's given us this privilege 
by bringing us into a reconciled relationship with God where we can call God our Heavenly Father. And he said, acknowledge that when you begin to pray in the pattern prayer, commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. Really, it's a pattern for us to pray. The question was asked in context, teach us to pray. He said, when you pray, pray like this, our Father, hallelujah, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. For thy kingdom come, you know, the Lord's prayer, but it starts with acknowledging a a paternal, familial relationship with the creator of heaven and earth and everything that's in it has now acknowledged you as his children, and we acknowledge him as our Heavenly Father, our Father, which art in heaven. And when we cry, Abba, Father, the Holy Spirit bears witness to the truth of it. Praise God. And the peace of God, when you trust Him as a, as a good, good Father that has all power and has all love for you and me, we can trust Him to answer us in His timing, in His wisdom, and in His way. But we can trust Him to respond to us. That's why Hebrews 11 said, They that come to God must believe that He is. And, 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 and. Not that God exists aloof, high in His heaven. But God exists close to us. In and through the Holy Spirit. Praise God. God is near to us. Praise the Lord. A very present, an ever-present help in time of trouble, according to Psalm 46. And when we trust Him with the things that burden us and the things that, that, that threaten to undo us and just devastate us, and when we give it to God and trust Him with it with thanksgiving, that we have this gift and we have this privilege and we have this honor to call the God of heaven and earth, our heavenly Father, and Jesus Christ, our brother. Glory to God, friend of mine. What a blessing it is to have this gift to you and to me, this love gift and this gift of peace when we trust Him, when we really trust Him in prayer and leave it there. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding shall keep your heart and minds through Jesus Christ. One translation said, it is a peace that transcends understanding. A paraphrase says, far beyond more wonderful than the human mind can understand. I can't explain it when we pray and truly trust God and feel the burden of it lifted. You experience a peace even if the storm is intensifying, the storm of crisis, the storm of, 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 of persecution, the storm of loss, the storm of confusion, the storm of fear. It doesn't matter how, how, how violent that storm is. Is it doesn't have to suddenly become calm. There is an eye. I'm in hurricane country. Some of you in tornado country. Some of you in earthquake, volcanic country. We all can experience terrible, terrible situations beyond our control and anyone's help for a season. 
But down here in hurricane country in Florida where, where this broadcast originates, friend of mine, we can, there's something in the, in the, in the storm called the eye of the storm. And in the eye of the storm, the winds cease and a, a, it's an eerie calm because a storm that threatens to, to tear roofs off and, and topple trees has just been blowing and suddenly it stops. And a, a gentle breeze replaces a violent wind and you experience a peace in the eye of the storm. The best way I know to describe what happens when this indescribable peace comes is, and, and, and really I'm going to tell you about it, but until you experience it, there's no words that can adequately describe the peace of God which passes understanding. We don't know why we don't feel so anxious anymore because the storm may be raging, but we're in the eye of the storm. Praise God. Amen. Far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. Because God's gift of His Son, we can have peace with God. And because we have peace with God, we can have the peace of God in our hearts and in our minds. I like what Michelle Hardy says. She tells this story, and I quote her. Advent was one week away, so we thought we'd see what the children remembered from our family devotions the year before. Who can tell me? What the four candles in the Advent window represent. Luke jumped in with his seven-year-old wisdom and exuberance, and he said, This is love, joy, peace, and, and, and. I know, six-year-old Elise interrupted to finish the brother's sentence. Peace and quiet. (laughs) A friend of mine, there's not going to be no peace and quiet as we get closer to Christmas. Peace and quiet may be exactly what a lot of people are truly looking for about now, (laughs) amen, or we will be in a few days. However, the peace that Jesus offers is not a temporal peace when we stop the hustle and bustle and reflect upon the manger and the cross and the Christ. This is an everlasting peace, and, and it's a peace and quietness of heart and mind It's in our soul. This message of John the Baptist, one day Jesus will bring peace to this chaotic world in which we live. But today, He wants to bring peace to our soul. I like the Logos International Commentary. It says, The birth of our Lord means peace on earth, but only for those on whom His favor rests. Indeed, the Savior's birth is a meaningless gesture by the appraisal of many persons. But for those people who receive Jesus as their personal Savior and Lord, they find the peace that can only come from the favor and grace of God. So when you hear that song this year, Peace on Earth, Goodwill to Men, did the earth become nonviolent? Did the wars cease? Did the murders cease? Did all of the chaos cease? No, it did not. That peace child that came to bring peace to those that would trust him as their savior had not happened until after the cross. And even now, 
Only those who know Christ is their Savior can know the peace that passes all understanding, beginning with peace with God. Amen. Listen, friend, if we repent of our sins, receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, we can have peace in chaos, peace in crisis, peace no matter what the circumstance, peace that cancels fear, a mighty warrior peace, (laughs) amen, that is provided by Christ himself. This is the incredible gift of Peace, praise God. And this great peace comes through repentance and forgiveness. The reason this gift lies unopened for some is because many people, including many Christians, do not see the love of God in the conviction of sin and the call to repentance. They, they, they don't understand that when God calls us when he convicts us of sin it's so that he can be there for us so that fellowship with him as a christian is unbroken by sin and rebellion that we know you see the scripture said if our hearts condemn us in the old covenant god no it's the new covenant i'm sorry this is new covenant david said in the old covenant if i regard sin in my heart thou will not hear me Creating me a clean heart, he prays. Amen. Praise the Lord. God will respond to us. He wants to be there for us when we pray. Hallelujah. I want, I want that peace of knowing that I'm right with God. I want a message to help me stay, get right with God and stay right with God. I want that fellowship relationship unbroken. Amen. The scripture said, if our hearts condemn us, God's greater than our heart, and he knows all things. But if our heart condemn us not, hallelujah, we have confidence toward God. We have confidence toward God. Amen. Listen, friend, repentance brings restoration. So I preach repentance to a lost and dying world to come to Christ as their Savior. And I preach repentance to every child of God. There's times in our life that we need to get right with God. And when we do, we need messages that will help us in a positive way to stay right with God. Uh, I remember my daddy. I remember laying in bed with my daddy. My daddy and mama divorced when I was 12 years old. And my dad had already had a nervous breakdown and he had another episode. And I had a very serious nerve problem because they were all I had. We moved from Kentucky to a little, uh, almost like a camper trailer park. We had a very small 8 by 30 trailer that was pulled down here by an old car <laughs> burning oil all the way. And I was I was 14 months old when we came. I was 12 when they went through a, a, a bitter divorce and 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 I was broken. There was I had no real real close friends. I had no real relatives that could 
could console me. They were divided, uh, you know, between who's for this one, who's for that one. And, and I was left in the middle and my nerves began to go. And I had some nervous episodes as well as a 12-year-old young man. But I remember the little prayer that I had been taught to pray. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And there was a peace of knowing I'm right with God. I'm, I'm real with God. I'm right with God. And if I die before I wake, it's going to be okay. I don't have to worry about that because he will take my soul into his bosom and take me to his city, his heaven. Hallelujah. That's peace. I begin to call on the Lord. And I came to know Christ when I was 12 years old. And I fell away from Him because I didn't understand how precious this indescribable gift is. Ah, but when I came back to Him in a full commitment and a deeper, ongoing, progressive understanding, I'm still learning what I'm teaching Amen, you today, from the Word of God. I'm still wrapping my mind around it, but my mind doesn't have to comprehend it. I can experience it, and I can embrace it by faith. We've known and believed, First John says. We've known and believed the love that God has for us, for God is love. All that we might embrace the love of God and know the peace of our reconciliation with Him and the joy of this fellowship relationship. (laughs) Amen. Praise God for the kingdom of God is not meat or drink. Amen. You see, it's not just for our fleshly needs, uh, as, as important as they are, and God considers all of that. But the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness. Bringing what? Peace. And what else? Joy in the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Yeah, what, a, what a gift that we are unwrapping if we get this understanding and we apply it to our daily life. If He loved us enough to give us His Son, and clearly He did, how will He not? Can you imagine what good thing this Father who gave this much This son who gave his life, what would he withhold? With him, with Christ, what good thing would we withhold from us? He will not withhold any good thing. Oh, we can experience the goodness of God this Christmas season. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior, this gift is offered to you. It is offered to you freely, freely. You know, we're told as Christians, freely you've received, freely give. So I have freely received this gift, and I'm still, I'm still looking at the, the wonder of it all. Some people are looking for the magic of Christmas, you know, wanting to recapture the, the Santa and the gift, anticipation of the gift, and You know, the time when our parents played the game with us and said, what's that I hear on the roof? You better go to bed. (laughs) That might be Santa. (laughs) Amen. 
unless you had one of those parents that I just had a new roof put on. I don't know who it is up there, but he better get them reindeers off of my roof. (laughs) I don't know how your growing up was, but I had a dad and mom that played the game with me. Yes, there was a magic about the fantasy of Santa Claus. Oh, but there's a majesty about the fact of God's love and loving us so much that He would give His Son and that Jesus loved us enough that He would lay down His life. Oh, what an indescribable love. What manner of love is this? Hallelujah. Today, if you don't know Jesus, come to Jesus. Come to Christ today and receive the gift of Jesus and the gift of forgiveness through Jesus and the gift of God's love because He will become your heavenly Father, not the man upstairs, not this God distant in His heaven, but this God that acknowledges you as His very Son, His very daughter. Come to Christ. Make Him the Lord of your life. Received this love gift and be saved in Jesus' name.